What is the latest, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Bala's Life. Devin Ubin and Ronnie Flores here with you for episode number. I don't even know what episode. Are we on 99 now? Yeah, I think we're on 99. I think we're at episode 99 now. It's been a couple of weeks because we've been out and about watching, you know, Southern California High School playoff basketball because it's still going on, as you guys well know. Um, last week, the Southern section uh, championship game in the open division between Corona Centennial and Sierra Canyon was kind of the talk of the the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I guess, Ronnie, I'm not sure we can call that an upset because Corona Centennial, very good team. Uh, Sierra Canyon, not quite as powerful as they were a season ago, but Corona Centennial defeated uh, the Trailblazers and won the CIF Southern Section Open Division Championship. We will have head coach Josh Giles on in a few minutes, probably about 30 minutes. But uh, Ronnie, we watched that game on TV. What were your initial thoughts of that game? Yeah, well, you know, based on what you said, I think from the standpoint of basketball and the standpoint of of uh, like personnel and, and game and the actual teams and games, yeah, it wasn't an upset, big upset. Like from the standpoint of rankings, maybe in like what Sierra Canyon has done, it, it, it might have been a pretty, you know, it was you consider it an upset. Obviously, they're the higher seed, but you're right. From the standpoint of basketball, wasn't too big of an upset, but just that Sierra Canyon had won 21 straight playoff games. You know, uh, they were 20 and 0 against the other seven teams in the Southern section open. So it was a big, big win for Corona Centennial. I think it was big from the standpoint of uh, they've been there. Corona Centennial has only missed the open one time, 2018 since it started. So they've always been a perennial contender, but they've never won at the highest major division. So that's a big win for that program. You, you know, that's a pretty big win. Josh Kyle's uh, program lost to a good Long Beach poly team in 2011 before the, um, before the open started. And that was a big game. Obviously Polly had a really good team that year. They were nationally ranked and, and Corona Centennial fell in that final. And it's funny because two of their assistant coaches, Galan Wheelwright and Dominique and um, Shannon Sharp were on that team, you know? So it's just funny how time goes by. And uh, so they, it feels like they've always been in it, Devin, you know, like they've always been right on the cusp. They've always had really good teams, but they've never really actually won it. You know, if you look at, at the open, it's really been dominated by Sierra Canyon, Bishop Montgomery, and Modern Day. You know, I mean, those are the three teams that have really won it uh, and mixed in with that Chino Hills team that won it in 2016. So big results, uh, good game, you know, interesting game. Obviously, uh, the telecast was interesting, and just the way it came out was interesting. I think, Devin, what I got from the pool play and I got from the finals that Sierra Candy was kind of living by a uh, living by a prayer, kind of a uh, Bon Jovi style. You know, they were. <laughs> I was about to say, do you still a Bon Jovi reference? Yeah, on yeah, yeah, the Bon Jovi kind of thing. You know, they were down Rebe Academy, and 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 obviously, uh, Mari Bailey as good as anybody in the Southland. Yeah, he kind of had a really big moments there, and then and then they were down against Etowana, and here comes Amari Bailey. Well, you think, okay, they're down again. Well, here comes Amari Bailey, but at this time it. Centennial was a little too disciplined and hit too many three-pointers. Yeah, I mean, that kind of is what it boils down to, is the fact that Kylan Boswell, Jared McCain, um, and you know Donovan Dent, to an extent, were all hitting their, their three-point shots and yeah. making big plays down the stretch when they needed to be made. And I guess surviving the inevitable Sierra Canyon run that they right. always go on, right? Sure. Yes. But I think 
you know, aside, you know, everyone knows that the Kylan Boswell, uh, Jared McCain, Donovan Dents of the world. Uh, I think a lot of credit for that win needs to go to Devin Williams, no the six, nine sophomore transfer from Corona high school and uh, Aaron McBride, um, the sophomore, you know, six, five, six, six swing man, uh, four man that they have uh, guys who are kind of dirty work guys, you know, finish around the basket uh, block shots, rebound, and run the floor. Those guys did a really good job of, uh, you know, starring in their roles and making it difficult for guys like Shai Odom, uh, Amari Bailey, and uh, the rest of the Sierra Canyon guys to finish around the basket. They made those shots yeah. difficult. And oh, yeah. I think we have to, you know, shout those guys out and give them a little bit of credit. We'll talk to Josh a little bit more when he gets on about those guys. But um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that this is the team, Ronnie, that uh, got over that open division championship hump because they're so sure. young. They're, they're young, so yes, young. correct. So their starting lineup, right, is Donovan Dent, who's a junior. Yeah. It's Kylan Boswell and Jared McCain, uh, Devin Williams, and Aaron McBride, who are all sophomores. Yeah, I don't think I think the only senior that got some run for them uh, in that game was maybe Donovan Watkins, and I'm not sure yeah. he even checked in. So yeah, he's played in the in the in the pool play, but I'm not really sure he played against. Yeah, their only two seniors are, are Donovan Watkins and Anthony Peoples. Uh, Watkins going to Cal State San Marcos, and Anthony Peoples committed to the Masters University. So both college level players, but not like premier guys. So you think, yeah. man, this is the team that Centennial won the Open Division with. I can't imagine what it's going to be like next year for some of the some of the teams having to compete with these guys. Yeah, they're going to have to step their game up, obviously. And it's funny because we talk about the regional and as people may or may not know we want to inform them on the show that the north does, doesn't have a regional we have a regional this week um centennial's not in it we'll talk about why that is and we'll talk with guys why that is i think most people know that follow our show know they're going to play in section seven which is a live nca uh, scholastic event this week in june uh the weekend of june 18th in phoenix Devin, it will be about 117 degrees. I'm not sure how, how much that I'm looking forward to that, but it's good to see the college coaches out. It's, you know, it's going to be the first time they're going to see CIF type players in 16, 17 months. Again, we've been doing this in the paint show. It seems like that regional with Sierra Canyon was a long, long time ago when they beat Etiwanda. That was quite a bit. It just seems like a really long time ago. So that's when coaches were last out, which was in March, 2020. So it's funny because you talk about Donovan Dent and Peoples. I mean, I'm looking at some of these teams in this regional. They would be 20-point-of-games guys at, at some of those schools. Very interesting, Devin. What was your first reaction when you look at the regional? Again, we'll go back to the Sierra Canyon game and talk a little bit about that. When you see 12 divisions, you know, 18 brackets for 12 divisions, they, they didn't really cut the amount of teams. They just – now we have a 1AA, 1A, 2AA, and again, no – Section playoffs in the north, except the Central Coast section, and no regional. I don't know. It's bad. That's yeah. the only thing that I first yeah. saw. I was like, what are these brackets? What yeah. I know the open is the open, and it's going to be what it is. And I understand why Centennial backed out, because they have two seniors on the team who are both committed. And right. they didn't really need to play the regional. They'd rather go have their, yeah. their young players play in front of college coaches. I get that. You, I think most people think that's a sound decision. Like the people I'm talking to, the people I ask are like, no, yeah, that, I don't blame Josh. Yeah, it makes it, it does make sense when you really look at the roster and realize, you know, the benefits that it's going to have for 
uh, Josh's young younger team and younger players. But man, you look at Division One A and One Double A. It's like, man, why don't you just combine those? Yes. Combine those. Have sixteen team brackets. Like it just makes it much easier. It's it, you go down the line. It it's just giving. I guess maybe CIF's looking at it like, okay, we want to crown. You know. We want to reward some of the champions and reward some of the kids. I, I, I get it from that standpoint, but from a, a basketball watcher of basketball viewer, um, like I am and like you are Ronnie, I think it's just a little bit too spread out. I think it's just, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I think it's just too spread out. I think um, it's a lot of, honestly games. be lower than two a it's, it's kind of like how much interest is there? Not really. Just, I mean, from the, from the standpoint of like those schools and those teams, Plenty of interest, right? Yeah. Um, but for us covering it, I think it's open one double A, one A, two double A, two A. That's kind of what I'm looking at as far as coverage goes. If division three and four and five were all in, you know, one whole like sixteen team bracket, then I think, you know, that might have a little bit more interest for me. But yeah, I looked I saw those brackets yesterday. I'm just like, man. Some of these teams, like I cover a lot of high school basketball down here. Some of these teams, I don't even know who they are. Like, just to be straight up honest with you, I, I don't You'd know. You have who. to really look at them and be like, yeah. okay, well, yeah. What really got it, especially now. But I think because of the, the pandemic situation and the fact that um, state championships were lost last season and, um, you know, we started late and we're, we're playing late, uh, I think CIF is looking at it from two standpoints, Ronnie making up some lost money, yep. more games, and letting these kids play and have an opportunity to win a, you know, I guess a, a regional championship. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, definitely give them some chance to, to participate. I just think, uh, you know, it would have made sense to uh, have the southern section and I guess the LA City and in San Diego they could have ended it this week, meaning let's start the section playoffs. Every game, one every other day. It, it, these kids have graduated. We, we look at a guy like Jemai Meshack. He's already taking college courses at Tennessee from Etiwanda. I'm sure there's a few other guys like that. Many have graduated May 28th, June 2nd, you know, whatever day this may be. It's like they don't need – we didn't need – three days in between games. And we definitely didn't need seven days in between a full play game and the championship with Sierra Canyon. It's just not necessary to just get the games one every, every other day until it's all done. You know what I mean? Whether it just that at that, at this, they're not selling out, uh, you know, six, five, 4,000, 3,000 seat gyms to build it up. Like there's, there's obviously limits to amount of, you know, depending on each school district and school. So why do they need, you know, much more than a day in between games. Like they need to get on with their other responsibilities, whether it's enrolling in college, you know, things they have to do. So that, that was my take. It's like, this all could have been done a little bit faster. Yeah. I agree with the, I agree with the timeline and, you know, getting it done faster, but I see a lot of people saying it's, you know, it's pointless. And like, like you mentioned, Jemai Meshack is taking college classes, but yeah. you have to look, I think you have to look beyond the division yeah. one player and be like, yeah. Okay, there's some 221s out there who are not they're they're not playing basketball ever again. They might play Correct. some tech league or some men's league or pick up in college or whatever it is. So you have like CIF has to take those players into account. Correct. And, and I, I think we get caught up a lot in like, oh yeah, D1 guy, D1 guy. He's already graduated. He's trying to go to college. But you gotta look beyond that and see 
there's some kids on these teams who are 221s who have big roles on their teams who aren't playing college basketball. So those kids need that same opportunity. And, uh, you know, there was that whole, uh, Ronnie, that whole let them play movement uh, back sure, you know, sure. in December and, you know, November, whenever that started. And CIF is like, okay, we'll let them play. We're letting them yeah, play. They're letting them play. So they're, they're getting <laughs> they're their games. And like you said, most kids are not going to college. Obviously, it's out of college plan. So um, it's just very interesting. Let's. Let, I just want to give you a, uh, some perspective, some some top teams, Devin, that are not in, in the regional. Um, Camp Alindo, best team in Northern California this year. Season ended May 26th. Um, Modesto Christian, May 25th. You know, um, Capital Christian, May 26th. So it just gives you an idea like what, you know, the uh, Tory Pines as the number one team in the SoCal Open Regional, let's say they they, they move on, they got to buy. Uh, they finished June 19th, which is almost a month later. That's the only issue I feel like that's a little off. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. But I get what you're saying. That there's thousands upon thousands of players that their last organized game are going to be these games. So right. kudos to those guys. Kudos to the guys in the regional. Again, we can't, you know, Josh Giles has a unique situation. He has four, five or six players are going to play D1 basketball on his roster in two or three years. So, you know, they need to be seen by college coaching, coaches. So, you know, I uh, wanted to go over the, 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 the bracket real quick, yeah. uh, especially in the open division, because that's where a lot of the interest is, a lot of teams. Torrey Pines gets a bye. They'll play the winner of Damian St. Joseph. Well, that's a really good game. Um, I think in the four five, Etiwanda, modern day three six, Birmingham seven, Sierra Canyon. Uh, my first thought is I thought Birmingham may get a little, a little a bit of a higher um, seat as an open champ, a section open champ, but but that didn't happen. I guess the southern section teams were, were deemed stronger, so so Birmingham just goes down the street and plays Sierra Canyon, and Birmingham has nothing to lose. I mean. We know David Alley can can go off at any time, but again, obviously Sierra Canyon will be favored in that game. So Torrey Pines is twenty nine and zero. They can finish thirty one and zero. You know they're already automatically in the regional semifinals. Uh, what's your thought on that? And then we'll go over one double A a little bit. Man, um, I think coming off of a loss and it being so late into the season, I think Sierra Canyon might be a little shaky. Um, especially with Birmingham, because Birmingham has a bunch of guys who just don't care, like you said. They, they just go out, score. They, they go score. out there and play and score, and they play fast, and uh, they try to, you know, you know, run the game as fast as possible, get the score up as, as high as possible, and they're coming off, you know, a big upset. Um, I guess not upset, but comeback win right. over yeah. Fairfax, and then a win over Westchester to win the city section open division title. So they're they're riding high right now, and they. Those guys, uh, David Elliott, um, James Nobles, Chris Cook, uh, Nick Halleck, the head coach, they kind of thrive in those types of games, Ronnie. They really do. Yeah. They they don't they don't hey they forget about the last shot and they're taking the next one and they can go in for sure. They move yeah. the ball well, and the thing I like about what they did, they know how to get the ball to David Elliott and either go for a cross, clear out a little bit, they let them go. Like you said, they're not they're not worried about a bad shot if they rebound and get back on defense. They're not. To um, you know, they 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 don't uh, you know where Westchester is grinding a shot out, grinding a shot out. Like you said, that's not going to work against the Sierra Canyon. Right. The way they play will. 
Yeah, yeah, because Centennial proved that that's the way to to beat them. And I think Torrey Pines obviously has the bye 29 0, really impressive season for them down there um, in San Diego. Very, you know, well coached team, obviously. And that, that program is is an exceptional program. I think, like you said, the St. Joseph Damien game uh, at Damien on Tuesday is going to be interesting because. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of film on St. Joseph for Damien to kind of watch and, and figure out maybe that one game they came down and played against Sierra Canyon, right. And gave Sierra sure. Canyon a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's an interesting game. I think, uh, I think if Damien wins that game, I think they can give Torrey Pines a good run uh, yeah. road. And I think if Damien wins that game, I'll probably go down to Torrey Pines on Tuesday to watch that game. I haven't seen Torrey Pines all year. So I'll go down yeah, on Thursday. Down. Yeah. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. That, that's a game I'm really interested in Thursday, win or lose. You know, whoever advances is going to be a pretty tough game for Torrey Pines. Yeah. Uh, Torrey Pines. Day Wanda. Yeah, Modern Day at Wanda. Um, you know, Modern Day seems like, man, they just, they just keep hanging around. They have yeah. they have three seniors, all, you know, Division One commits. Wilhelm Breedenbach's already gone. Uh, he was, you know, injured in the uh, Modern Day Extravaganza event and hadn't played since. That was, you know, probably about a month ago. And he's already at Nebraska. Then you have. Harrison Hornery going to USC and Nick Davidson going to Nevada and then a bunch of, you know, young players, freshmen, a couple sophomores and and a junior Gabriel Kiet and Mason wrestler. So I see Etiwanda advancing in that one to play, I guess, Sierra Canyon again. Uh, (laughs) Not what you would, we would think, you know, um, obviously I think Etiwanda is the favorite too, because they're at home. They play pretty good at home. And uh, you know, like you said, modern day, not an easy out though. Uh, not at all. Never, never. Uh, yeah, they're never an easy out. Um, be very interesting. It's funny. Sierra Kenny can still win its fourth straight SoCal regional title. You know, it sounds weird. You yeah. know, and they can still do it. So I go over this a little bit from a ranking standpoint and just what I do. Obviously, we I have a the latest rankings uh, come out already. You know, uh, with with these results from last Friday and Saturday. Obviously, we got to get a shout out to Nick Herman from. Torrey Pines, he hit that. They was tie game two seconds ago. He kind of gets it on the left wing from about 30 feet, and he just nails it. And uh, I guess that'll be one of the defining moments of the season, really, keeps the, their undefeated season live. But just for him, a couple years ago, he was battling cancer, and I believe his mom was battling cancer around the same time. They're both obviously, you know, healthy and with us for now, and and. It's a great thing to see him embrace his mom at the end of the game and everybody in Torrey Pines is just celebrating and they're, they're not done yet, but I mean, that was still a big moment for their program to win another open title. I think it's their second straight one in the San Diego section and, uh, you know, kudos to him. And that, that was just a big moment for that program. And again, they, they still have a, a tough game Thursday and then potentially a tough, real tough game. Those two games will be at home though, Devin. So that probably, Helps Torrey Pines out a little bit. You know, those games are at at, at the Olive Garden, like they Olive like to call it. I'm yeah. hungry. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's 830. hungry. It's 8.33 in the morning. I want some pasta and breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Olive yeah. Garden. So. Real quick on Nick Herman, obviously, couldn't have happened to a, a better kid who comes from, you know, some, some really tough circumstances over the last couple of years. So shout out to Nick. Um yeah, Ronnie, give us a little bit more historical background on this Torrey Pines team and their potential. Yeah. Finish thirty-one and zero. Yeah, if they finish thirty-one and zero, what we got is in the st- since the state went to a state tournament in nineteen eighty-two, no San Diego team has ever won the top division, and no, so that means no San Diego team has ever 
finished number one in the state in that time since 1982. That's almost basically 40 years. You go back, um, the San Diego section started around 1960, I believe. So before that, they were considered, um, most of them were in the southern section. Even like Calexico and those teams way out there, Brawley were southern section. Uh, San, you know, Al Centro and way down there. And, that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. They're still in the southern section. You know what I mean? So uh, no team has finished from San Diego County has finished number one then. Now you look at Bill Walton's team in uh, Helix in 1970. They were undefeated. And I guess that was a big, that would have been a great year to have like a state final, Devin. Uh, Berkeley High was, had a really great team. They had John Lambert who was like, went on to Cal. And it's the guy who played for the Dodgers, Glenn Burke, was like a really good guard. And um, our guy from Sacramento, his his like family member was on that, that team. His name is escaping me right now. But they had really three great players, and Berkeley was considered the number one team. But it easily could have been Helix. So I think people look at that as the best team in San Diego County history because of Walton. And they had a couple other good players. And it's just like a really good team. I think for more more modern side, the guy I'm thinking about is Buckley. Uh, our guy, Monty Buckley, he's like a family member of Monty Buckley. Um, so uh, they had three great players on that Berkeley team. And, you know, one went on to MLB. One was a big time 6'10 center. So that would have been a – if the CIF would have started the state tournament before, that would have been like a monster game. Yeah. You know, like, Walton against Lambert. Yeah. You know, just two undefeated teams going at it. So we'll never really know what would have happened on the court. So uh, when you look at modern times – a guest of In the Paint, we had Jared Dudley on during the draft, our little draft episode. Um, Horizon of San Diego won back-to-back D Force titles in 02 and 03. That team finished 15 in the Fab 50. So this week, Torrey Pines is up big because obviously they have a win over Centennial. So they're number 23. So that's the kind of team that's in their sights. Okay. Like that team was uh, back-to-back champs. They were 32 and one. Horizon. Only a close loss to Westchester, which was a top five team in the country with Trevor Reza, Bobby Brown, those guys that won D1. And again, we have a wholly different makeup of the regional. Now it's competitive equity. So Horizon wouldn't be in D4 now. They would obviously be in the open playing Westchester for the second time, potentially, you know, but obviously back then the, the brackets were done by league strength and enrollment and Horizon was just like a great team. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that from a historical perspective, that's the how good this Troy Pine team is could potentially be. And then chasing kind of Horizon from a national perspective. To, and, you know, Horizon was like number two in, or number three in the state, obviously behind Westchester. So that was a, a great team. But this team, you know, again, they're rolling. So, you know, Devin, Nate, let's say Torrey Pines loses to Sierra Canyon. Again, just as if that's a regional final. Like, has Derrick Canyon done enough to to get back in front of Centennial, or is it just Centennial's number one in your book? The straight up head ahead, and it, it it's over. It's tough because yeah, yeah. Torrey Pines beat Centennial, Centennial. and correct. Derrick Canyon beats Torrey Pines. Pine. But I think I'm going straight head to head. Yeah, Centennial beat Sierra Canyon, Canyon on the road in their building in a big game. In a big game, I mean, there was celebrities all over. What LeBron yeah. was there? Uh, what's sure. his name? The rap Drake was there. Yeah. Uh, 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 Drake's kid was there. You know, Drake's kid might be more famous than, than me and you already, Ronnie. Sure. Um, more famous than most people. 
So that was a huge game. Yeah. It was on, you know, on, on Valley sports, um, on TV. So everyone in Southern California was watching it. If they didn't get to Sierra Canyon, huge game, huge stage. Centennial won that game. I think Centennial finishes as the, uh, if, if, Sierra Canyon beats Torrey Pines. I think Centennial still finishes as the top team in the state. And yeah. then Sierra Canyon and then Torrey Pines, number three. But we're going to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, it has to shake out. Yeah, yeah it's got to shake out. It's got to shake out. Let's let's move real quick, Ronnie, real quick to uh, the D1 brackets real quick. Who, okay. do like, who do we like in those? Obviously, the D1 still has uh, three teams from the southern section open. Yep. You know, if you look at the 1AA – Westchester got the number one. See, this is where we start. And we said this before we had Mark Tennis on a few years ago. Uh, remember when the Bakersfield, uh, Foothill, Bakersfield Christian saga, where they just stuck Foothill in Division Five and they rolled? They, yeah, they rolled to the state title because, and they put Bakersfield Christian, who they lost, who lost to them in Division Three. It was just like you start throwing darts after the open. Yeah, well, they're, they're doing it again. They're just throwing darts after the open. I'm folded. Yeah, I mean, Ryan it's just Westchester's the number one seed. They get a bye. Uh, San Marcos versus Rebay Academy in the 4-5. Rebay's on the road. That's a tough, tough for them. That's tough for San Marcos. Uh, Harvard-Westlake, San Joaquin Memorial in the 3-6. And St. John Bosco, St. Augustine in the 2-7. St. John Bosco being the two, Harvard-Westlake being at home against San Joaquin, which is the runner-up in the central section two. St. Joseph, a very good team. That yeah. was a really good game. St. Joseph did a good job on our guy, Jojo Hunter. But what Devin, what I don't understand, Harvard-Westlake-Bosco. Harvard-Westlake's the three. Bosco lost to Etiwanda, and Harvard-Westlake beat that team straight up. Um, you go to Westchester, the number one seed as a section runner-up open against a Birmingham team that has three losses. So, I mean, you, Dave Rabibo's got to be scratching his head just a little bit. Like, well, how did we get to these seedings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this bracket right now. I was like, what is going on? Um, yeah. Rebay Academy took Centennial into overtime. Right. Had a 17-point lead on Sierra Canyon and is five against – and San Marcos has got to be thinking, geez, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. San Marcos gets a gets a home game in the regional. That's um, I saw San Marcos. They, they lost the Cathedral Catholic in the semi uh, in the semis in the open in San Diego. I was at that game. Uh, Cathedral Catholic went on to fall to Torrey Pines, obviously in the final on Nick Herman's big shot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, my thing is Ronnie Westchester lost to Birmingham in the open in the open uh, final, final, right? Yeah. In the city section. Birmingham has to go on the road to Sierra Canyon in the open. In the open. And then Westchester gets a bye and a home game and the one seed in Division One AA. Like they won't where's, where's the reward for Birmingham? That's the yeah. question here for me. That's the biggest question here for me. Yeah. Easy at Azam, our guy, you know, shout out to him. He he doesn't have to leave Westchester no more. The rest of this if they yeah. go to the region, he's at Westchester. Yeah, he's he announced his, his retirement uh, after this season. He's gonna he's gonna step down after a legendary career. So I guess, hey. You know what, CIF, they're on my bone. Uh, you know, Big Ed, you know, he deserved to go out on his home court, whenever that may be. Um, yeah, but Harvard Westlake, I think, Ronnie, and this should have been the, the one seed in this division. Uh, yeah. I think that's kind of would have been the right play, them or Bosco. Well, uh, they also beat Centennial. They beat – now, again, they were missing Kyle Bob, but they still beat right. a Southern Section Open champ. 
Straight up, they did. And they beat Ed Awanda. The on the road, and they beat Ed Awanda, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 a that's an interesting bracket. In this bracket, Ronnie, I'm probably gonna favor Harvard Westlake in this bracket. That's what I'm gonna take. Okay, yeah, overall, uh, yeah, but they get back by San Joaquin Memorial. Well, you know, that'd be a tough that's a, the best game I like in that bracket of the three. Okay, um, you know, that they, they, uh, you know, San Joaquin Memorial feels like they, they, they're like, hey, we, we almost were there, they still want to stay together so with these brackets, Devin. You got to kind of look at a little bit to which teams are focused and, and want to stay together. Some of these teams are going to leave. I talked to Dave Revivo. He said, if we lose Tuesday, we lose Thursday, we're going to section seven. Oh, yeah. So you got to think of which teams are kind of like locked in and you know sure. what I mean? Sure. Compared to which teams have one foot in, one foot out. Um, uh, going on that notion, Heritage Christian, which is in 1A. Yep. I'm uh, right now in 1A. Yeah. So moving to 1A, they're the sixth seed. Again, I'm not sure how they're the sixth seed. But <laughs> um, they they beat Harvard Westlake. But again, they're not studying it that deep at this at this point. Um Heritage Christians on the road, but they're not going to have Justin Rochelin. Is that a pronounce yeah. his last name? Going Rochelin. to ASU? Yep. Rochelin. He's already going to ASU. So, uh, again, there could be a couple teams like that that we're not aware of offhand this morning on a Monday morning that may be like that where they lost a kid or kid has to report, you know, maybe has to go to college, whatever, whatever yeah. it may be. So, Chaminade, who won the 1A, one, one I'm sorry, the 1 championship in the one. Southern Section Division yeah. 1. They beat Capo Valley on the road. Devin, that was a game you're at. They get the one. Clovis North is eight. CIF Central Section semifinalist. Fairfax gets a home game, and Capo's on the road in the 4-5. Very interesting. What I find interesting there is, Devin, why did you put Capo on the same side as the bracket as Chaminade? Right. Uh, <laughs> right away, that you know we're going to see a rematch or something. You know, So that's kind of interesting. Then Santa Fe Christian at Heritage Christian. Santa Fe Christian is a first-round loser in the San Diego Open, and they get the three. Uh, that's tough. Um, Clovis West, good team. Uh, they they get Bishop Montgomery. That's a pretty good game. You know, uh, our guy going to USB, Cole Anderson's had a really good career. They were in the semifinalists, and then they won the third-place game over Clovis North in the central section for seeding purposes. Central section did it right. and Sometimes that's the way they do it. Just have a game. Let those two teams play instead of you seeding them. Let yeah. them just seed themselves. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, so I like that, but I, I don't understand why Capo's on the same side of his bracket as Shamanad and on the road. Well, I yeah, I think I think you if you look at kind of the the breakdown and the rundown of how the season went, you you would put Capo Valley three, and then you would put Santa Fe Christian five, uh, and then you flip that so Shamanad and uh, and Capo Valley, the Division One you know Southern Section rematch is not in the semifinals. Um, that's what that's probably what I would have done. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at to your point, you know, Shamanad has two seniors, KJ Simpson and Keith Higgins, both already committed. They're gonna be locked in. Capistrano Valley um has, you know, three seniors, Langston Redfield and the O'Neill twins, both guys who um both guys who all three guys who are, you know, um what do you call it? Hang on right now. We're having Josh Yow's having some trouble getting in. I'm going to send Ronnie. Ronnie, I'm going to send you this thing real quick. Okay. Okay. Um, three seniors on Capitol Valley. They're going to be locked in. Fairfax, um, you know, one senior, Barry Wilds. So if you look at this bracket, Bishop Montgomery is always going to be prepared. 
Ronnie and Cole Anderson, obviously a great scorer going to UCSB, like you said, great scorer. Uh, Doug Mitchell, man, he just, <laughs> I don't, he just finds a way to make things happen. Heritage Christian without, without Rochelle and still a good team, still a good team with uh, Freelo and um, um, Luke Murphy. Isaiah Lee Isaiah, Isaiah E. Halim. And then uh, uh, Malik Moore, the, the junior who yeah. I really like. He's, he's really come yeah, off. He's good. That's I saw him be, at Valley Christian in a, in a league game. Yeah. He's, he's very good. A really good player. I, I like Shamanad in this, in this division based on what I saw and then beating Capistrano Valley. Uh, KJ Simpson. And they're at home. If yeah, they play Capistrano away. again, they'll be at home. Yeah. Uh, KJ Simpson had 15 of 26 points in the fourth quarter, kind of took that game over. And that was a really impressive uh, performance from KJ Simpson. And we've seen him, he's going to Colorado. We've seen him put together those types of performances over the last four years. Yeah, they're starting to play. seems like what we expected in the preseason, that they were just as good as Harvard-Westlake. That was kind of like a toss-em, toss-em-up, pick-em in the, in the Mission League. They, they played really bad in the first game, then they beat them in the second game, and now it seems like they're rolling. They're obviously a smaller team, but they're very good. You know, they, they're not big by any means, but may not matter. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah. they're, they're very good. Um, let's, run down two, let's run down 2AA real quick while we wait for Coach Giles. Uh, Korean Lutheran, the one seed, playing King Drew at home. Um, El Camino, the four, hosting El Camino of Oceanside. They're in Oceanside, yeah, right? Oceanside, yeah. yeah. Uh, hosting Los Altos uh, from Hacienda Heights. Uh, uh, Santa Margarita on the road at Fresno Bullard. And then uh, Rolling Hills Prep, the two seed, hosting Mission Hills. Um, based looking at this, Ronnie, uh, this is a tough one because I haven't seen the Fresno teams. I really haven't seen Mission Hills. But I'm going to like Crean Lutheran in this one. Okay. Yeah, let me, let me look at that real quick. And I, I think I'm with you on that in 2AA. Yeah. Um, King Drew, good, solid team. Los Altos, Al Camino, that's a toss up. Bullard, Santa Mar Margarita. And, uh, you know, Rolling Hills Prep is pretty tough, Devin. Um, yeah. Harvey Katani has a very good team. Um, they're, 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 uh, experienced, you know, beating Los Altos at Los Altos. Very interesting. Crean Lutheran. I think you might've been at one of the games, Devin. They were, they played two Southern section open teams. Uh, I believe Harvard Westlake and modern day. They weren't really, they weren't even competitive in those games. They're 40 point games. Uh, I, I just think rolling Hills was a little more competitive against modern day and orange Lutheran, which is sure. their two losses. Sure. That's so fair. That, that, that might be a good final. Yeah, Rolling Hills versus Korean Lutheran. Yeah, that could be one of the the best you know matchups on June nineteenth, uh, <laughs> the end of this week when we finally get this over with. Um, but hey, Coach Josh Giles, Southern Section Open Division Championship. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. That sounds awesome, man. You can say yeah. that as many times in this interview as you want, man. So <laughs> we we you texted me, you know about. Devin Williams and I want to jump right into this and you know his his stats and his impact and I texted you back and said I don't think you beat Sierra Canaan without him he played really well same with Aaron McBride everyone knows about your guard play everybody Donovan Dent Jared McCain Kylan Boswell he had 24 points in that big win for you guys um give us a little bit more insight on how Devin Williams and Aaron McBride impact your team well I mean, they are without a doubt, I think, the X factors for our team. And I mean, if you look at it, you know, like you said, everybody knows about the guards and they kind of get all the limelight, all the attention and stuff like that. And um, 
you know, we talk about that stuff all the time about like, you know, the star of the team is the team itself. And it's amazing what we can accomplish when nobody cares who gets the credit, you know, so some John Wooden quotes, right. You know, so we try to, you know, we try to like really live by that. Um, But, you know, between those two guys, if you look at their stats and I might be off by a point or a rebound or two, but throughout the open division in those four games, um, between the two of them, they average like 23 or 24 points. Um, and they're around 17, 18 rebounds and 10 blocks. I mean, so without those guys, yeah, we don't beat anybody. I mean, um, Aaron had a monster game against Damian. I think he had like 19 and 13. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. and with Aaron, he's so athletic. Um, he's so fast. And, and the other thing about him is he, like, I don't think people realize how strong he is. Yeah. So, he can, if we have to switch out, like let's say if we're blitzing or doubling a ball screen, he can actually slide and stay with guards. But he's big enough and strong enough that he can defend bigger, stronger guys. Um, yeah. And, you know, so he has to guard the the big kid at Harvard Westlake. He has to guard, you know, the shy Odom kid. You know, he has to guard the guys from modern day. So he has to defend, you know, guys that might be three or four inches taller than him, but because of his strength and his athleticism, he can do it. Yeah. And then Devin has an... I, I don't know. I, I don't think this is something you can necessarily teach. I think it's kind of more of a feel. Um, his ability to block and contest shots, you know, so I think he had eight or nine blocks against the Canyon, but he also altered maybe four or five others. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think he is, you know, the between the two of them, they, I, I think they're a, a great secret. But that's also why we're playing somewhere else this weekend is so they're yeah. no longer a, a secret, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we were going to touch on that a little bit later, but we can we can jump in on that now. I was trying to explain to people uh, or our listeners or whoever it is, it's like you have two seniors, uh, Anthony Peoples and Donovan Watkins, both committed. Uh, Donovan going to Cal State San Marcos and Anthony Peoples going through the Masters University. And then you have the rest of your guys basically are all underclassmen, Donovan Dan, obviously a junior, and they need to be seen by college coaches and, you know, I guess Kylan and Jared are well-known, but Dent and Devin Williams and Aaron McBride, the guys we just talked about, really need that exposure. And is that kind of the the thought process you went through to skip the regional? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I've, it's funny. I've gotten mixed, like, sure. I don't want to say reviews, but I've gotten mixed, uh, kind of a mixed bag on people that have, like, either commented or talked to me about it. Sure. And, I mean, just, like, 100% to kind of, like, almost set the record straight with that. We made this decision a month month and a half ago on, um, you know, whether we were in the open or not, whether we won the open or not, whether, you know, we went 0 and 3 or 3, whatever. Like we made this decision a month and a half ago um, or basically whenever they came out with the regional idea. And my thought process behind that was if the North was participating and we had a state championship on the back end of this, we're probably not having this conversation and we'll go, you know, try to compete for a state title. Okay. When they weren't doing that, and this is not a knock on CIF, like, I mean, I love the guys. I, I, I consider myself friends with Rob Wygod and Reiner Wolf, and, you know, they are amazing people. And when we made this decision, it wasn't like me just making some random decision and I just kind of threw it out there. Um, I, we, we discussed it and debated it as coaches. I talked about it with the players. I talked about it with my admin. We took it to, you know, members uh, downtown at the district office. We talked to CIF 
And then I talked to our parents and I talked to all of them individually. And I was like, here's pros and cons. What do you think? This is what I think we should do. What do we all think? And we kind of came up to that decision like collectively together. But at the end of the day, this is what, how I view it. If your son, if your son played for me Mm -hmm. and he hadn't been seen in 16 months by college coaches, what would you rather have your son do? Would you rather have him go play in pretty much the same tournament? Um, You know, I mean, I know we add Torrey Pines in the city section winner, and I understand that. And it's a regional title and stuff like that. And that's a great thing to have. And I mean, yeah, it's sure. It's a great thing to put on the resume. But what is it? What is more important? Like, what is more important? Like, what are what at the what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to help these kids, you know, get better, give them the experience and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But to help them if they're capable to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. For sure. If I'm not mistaken, Section 7 next week has 500 confirmed college coaches coming to that event. Yeah. So to me, that's a no-brainer. If your son played for me, you'd be like, hey, Coach Siles, you know, there's 500 coaches out there. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to you know, basically play the same tournament. Can we, can we kind of go out there and do that stuff? So to me, you know, no decision. I, I don't think I've ever made – I actually, I know. I, I've never made a decision regarding Centennial basketball on what benefits me. Right. It's always about what benefits the, the players. And yeah, to me, this benefits the players more than the regional. And I mean, this has been kind of a crazy, you know, year. I mean, we're playing my two seniors that you mentioned, they've already graduated. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. they've already walked, they've already done all that stuff and we're still playing basketball. So this isn't like normal years. So I don't think you can expect people to make normal decisions. We have to make decisions that are a little bit different from other years. And to me, that's that was in the best interest of my guys. Yeah, and yeah. I think all the parents support it. My admin supports it. You know, CIF supports it. Like, I mean, I think everybody that truly understands the game and understands how this process works, I think they get why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. People that may not know how the process works, they're probably going like, what, what in the world are these guys doing? And it's, again, yeah. it's not a disrespect to anybody in the open division or the playoffs or any of the teams that are in there. It's no disrespect to them at all. It is 100% based on what is best for my players. And yeah. to me, that's what I feel we're doing. For sure. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, 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 I honestly, I don't think I am. Yeah, Coach, that, that, that needs to be brought up that um, there's no other place in the West region where there's sanctioned NCAA live, uh, you know, scholastic event. I think that needs to be brought up. The, there's no other place for, in essence, the teams to go besides mm-hmm. Section 7. Uh, obviously, last year, they, because of the pandemic, we didn't have that. But in 219, there was a few more options for, for the scholastic period. So I, I think that needs to be mentioned, one. And then the second thing that needs to be mentioned is that kids in Oregon and other places, they'd be dying to get in Section 7. Their state's not allowing them. And some of the coaches were like, guys, you're killing us. We, we, we're we dying to get in this event. So right. I think from that point, you got to look at why a team like Centennial or any other team would want to be in the event because of obviously 16, 17 months ago was a long time ago. That that regional right. where Sierra Canyon beat it at Awana just seems like a long time ago. You know, well, it's, it's one school year, but it seems like an eternity. No, it does seem like an eternity. And you guys yeah. brought up, you know, uh, Devin, you brought up Aaron McBride and and, and Devin Williams and, and, and Donovan Dent and stuff like that. Well, you know, 16, 17 months ago when we were playing, they might not have been on the radar that they are on, that they are on now, right? Yeah. And so to deny them that opportunity, I mean, 
you know, last time we played in section seven, I had four guys get four or five offers um, yeah. playing out there in section seven because you're seeing them play with their high school in a system, running plays with defensive concepts and things like that. And we had a couple guys get scholarship offers. And the one coach that offered the one player we had, he was like, your, your kid can blitz a ball screen. He comes back. He opens up. He sees the floor. He goes, he already knows how to do our defensive coverages. He goes, and at his size and athleticism, we're going to offer him. You know, you may not have got that anywhere else. So, like, I don't understand, you know, taking that away. And I, I'm not exaggerating. We've probably had 75 to 80. And this is downplaying it. I'm probably lowballing it. I've had at least 75 to 80 phone calls and or text messages from college coaches, assistants, head coaches, whatever, saying, is your team going to Section 7? Mm-hmm. And when I say, yes, we are, they're like, okay, we're going to be at the game. So that's just the ones that have reached out. Like, so sure. what about the other schools that haven't reached out to me or maybe, you know, don't, don't have my number, whatever that first night in the Saturday that we're there, these guys might play close in, in front of close to a hundred college coaches. Right. I mean, to me, that's, I, I mean, again, whether we would have won or lost, whatever, you know, this decision was made a month and a half ago and out of respect for all the teams and, and for CIF and everything, my my worst fear would have been, well, what if we go into the regional, we win a couple games, and now we're playing in a regional final or something like that, and then we can't go. Now you're in a really big, uh, you know, problem because sure. do you go play the regional final or do you take off and go to <laughs> section seven? And I don't have enough yeah. guys on my team to split my team and like keep the seniors here and then take the undercut. You know, sure. I, I don't have that. I don't yeah. have that luxury. I don't have a small football team as a lineup. So you know, or, or on my roster. So for us, I just thought it would be better if, you know, somebody else had the opportunity in our place. And I'm, instead of our team going there, we're going to give our players the opportunity at section seven. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very interesting. A couple coaches have told me and Devin privately, like if we lose Tuesday or Thursday, we're going. So you see, you know, that's some, for some, it's like how many teams are locked in. Um, there's a couple teams that may be losing a couple players this week. Cause they have to report to college. So you yeah. just, you just never know how, Again, not because the regional is not important, you, because of the timing of it. We're, we're three weeks after graduation for some schools. Me and Devin had mentioned it before you got on, you know, um, some of the better teams in the north. Uh, Camp Alindo, they finished May 25th. Modesto Christian right. finished May 26th. So when you look at June 19th, it's almost a month later. So very, very interesting scenario. Let's let's jump back to the game, Coach. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you guys uh, dropped the first game without without Kylan in, in pool play, but did you feel like, um, hey, you know what? If we got to stop some of their out perimeter shooting, because obviously they brought Bronny back and he played a little bit of minutes. Was it your guys' notion, hey, we got to keep Grande from getting many looks, or did that just happen in, during the course of a game? Obviously, yeah, he's their best um, outside shooter, and and he didn't get anything in that game. Yeah, no, we we were. Um... We were definitely, um, sorry, hold on. Um, and then you guys can shoot till I'm done. Sorry. Uh, we have guys coming in. We, have, we got guys shooting. You're good. Who, who like was that? that? Who, who was interrupting? Hopefully that's uh, not Alan McBride trying to shoot uh, 10 <laughs> well, threes next was, week. Uh, yeah. That was actually uh, Kylan Boswell and Donovan yeah. coming in and interrupting the meeting. Cool. So, uh, no, but uh, we, we, we didn't want him to get his feet set. That was yeah. really important to us is, um, and, you know, whenever we play, we're trying to keep people as uncomfortable as possible. Um, now, against the Sierra Canyon, that's a heck of a lot harder to do, you know, because of their athleticism. And, you know, across the board, athletically, 
I felt like we matched up with them pretty good watching them on tape. I mean, they do have one player, and we all know who I'm talking about, that I don't think anybody matches up with athletically. So, you know, you exclude the freak, uh, the freak athlete, you know, you, you exclude him. The other four, like, you're like, okay, like, athletically, I think we're kind of close. If You know, like, we're we're just as athletic as they are. Um, well, obviously, with the exception of Amari. But for him, what we really wanted to do was just make sure that he was uncomfortable. Um, Shy Odom's a really good athlete again, and he's big and strong. But so's Aaron. And, you know, but these guys, and again, when you're watching that game, um, I was watching the replay of it, and I was at the house, and, you know, my wife and I were watching it, and I paused the game, and I was like, there's 10 Division One players on the court right now. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. you know, like we're sitting there, like, you know, Bronny was in, all these, like, you're like there's 10 Division One basketball players on the court. Um, this is literally a Division One, a preview of a, a Division One basketball yeah. um, um, college game. So it was – you know, the, the athletic, the athleticism and the skill, like it doesn't matter how big or strong Aaron is. And I mean, we do match up with him athletically, but Shai Odom's good enough. He's going to get some points. He's going to get some rebounds. You know, um, Amari, Amari's going to get to a lot of the spots that he wants to get to, you know, so there was those things. And I mean, I think, you know, obviously, yeah, Bronny might've been a little bit rusty, but in my opinion, um, I think people, again, that really watch basketball, he's an elite defender, you know, um, so the way he defends, you know, is a problem because he's able to take guys away. He's a really good defender and he's a big, strong kid. I mean, yeah. Um, so and he's athletic as all get out. So with him being in there, I think, you know, I was anticipating that he was going to play because, you know, it's a it's an open final and you've been cleared to play. So why wouldn't you? So um, we kind of expected that, which gives them more athleticism, more defense and somebody that you have to respect from the outside. But um. Yeah, I, I mean, for us, as as far as uh, number twenty four goes, we like, yeah, we wanted to make him uncomfortable and not let him get his feet set because every time I watched him on film, it seemed like every game I watched, he hit four threes or five threes, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he really shoots it well. And I think another thing you guys did well was transition defense and just kind of contesting things at the basket, making shots difficult, shooting over a couple sets of arms, and that that's more of a testament to Aaron and another testament to Devin Williams. They did a really good job of getting back, contesting without fouling. Talk about yeah. the uh, the transition defensive concepts that you guys put up against uh, Centennial. I mean, against us here, can you? Yeah, no, we um, – it was something different. Like, you know, you always talk about, okay, we need one guy back or we need two guys back. So yeah. we always try to have at least one guy back. But even more so is we really emphasize – you post guys, Devin and Aaron, um, you need to sprint your butts off and not – like if they get a defensive rebound, okay <clears> – <throat> They got the defensive rebound. We can't sit around and kind of like screw around with trying to get a deflection on the D. De- get your butt back because yeah. as fast as our guards are and as athletic as they are, Amari's more athletic. You know, yeah. he, yeah, you know, we have good, ridiculously athletic, good guards. He's more athletic. You know, it's yeah. just what, what can you do? You got to get down because if he gets by his initial defender, which he probably can do, we need to have some backline defense to protect the rim. So more so than in any other game, we emphasize the post guys, you got to sprint back to the rim. You're, you may not even be interested in your man at the very beginning. You got to get to the rim because that dude's coming. You know, so if our guards can kind of slow him down, do all that stuff, you know, number 10's coming and he's getting to the rim. Um, you know, when he puts his head down and does all that stuff, I think, you know, he's going to get to where he wants. And people don't realize until you're on the floor with him, and guys are playing against them. He's really strong. Yeah. He's athletic, and he's always, Amari's freaking strong. Like yeah, he's he, a big, strong kid. 
he's an impressive athlete. He yeah, yeah. really, really is. <clears throat> um, Coach, uh, in the bigger picture, uh, you guys have been right there. You guys have been in the open, in the section level every year but once. Mm -hmm. um, you got over the hump. So talk about that. Like you said, you got a lot of texts and you got a lot of phone calls. Um, just from the players who played for you, I mean, I think your 214, 215 was probably as highly regarded as this team going into the season. Um, right. After what the guys they had back with said, Bearfield and that and that group. And then obviously your 2011 team played Polly in the final. And, and you have two of those guys as an assistant coach, Galan Will Wright and, and Shannon Sharp. So just talk right. about getting this one, winning it, and, and how maybe how proud you are for this group and then some of the guys that played before who didn't get the opportunity. Yeah, and I mean, you could tell by like, I mean, we have a bunch of these pictures from after the game. A lot of those guys that you mentioned, they were at the game. They were there Saturday night, or excuse me, Friday night. Um, so that 2014 team that you talked about that we had, that was really, really good. And we had a chance. Like, I mean, we uh, um, we didn't get to the final of the Open Division. We beat Chino Hills and Lonzo Ball's team in the state regional um, final. Final. And then we lost in the state final. Um, but the 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 um, the Riverside County player of the year that year was Deontay North. Um, yeah. And he was an amazing player. He was sitting at the end of our bench, you know, yeah. so like all those former players were kind of like there and, you know, some of them came by practice this week and, you know, just uh, were kind of pumping up the guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, we really, really try to keep it as a brotherhood and stuff like that at Centennial. And there's a lot of respect for guys that are currently playing from former players because they know what it takes to do, the stuff that we do here and then our current players respect them because they've laid the foundation for us to be where we're where we're at and you know like sure. you know there's still you know, people in the inland empire that want to come play here and that's a testament to what those guys did before you got here and so i think there's a lot of mutual respect because um a lot of the stuff that we do um whether it be weights or conditioning or practice, it's not easy. Like, you know, nothing I do is designed for their enjoyment, right? You know, so practice plans are not designed to be fun for you. They're not designed to, you know, do, you know, I, I'm not there to make you happy. And, you know, yeah. um, we kind of talk about it a lot. When you play for me, I am not your friend. Mm -hmm. um, when, you when you graduate and you move on, our relationship changes. But when you play for me, I'm not your friend. And so I'm, you know, I'm demanding and I'm challenging and stuff like that. So I think guys understand like what we put into it and we've come close. And I mean, there's, but, you know, again, being a public school, it's a little bit different and it's a little bit harder. There's been a couple of years where we've played and we've had some really good teams, but like, you know, I want to say 2018 or 19, whatever, whatever year that was, like, I think we played uh, Sierra Canyon and basically what would have been like the uh, semifinals of the open division. We could have played Sierra Canyon a hundred times that year. We might have beat them zero. Like, I mean, they, they were just better. You yeah, know, they were better teams. Yeah. You know, they were, you know, that's when they had Scotty Pippen Jr. and those guys. Like, yeah, I don't know if we beat them. Like, I, I, and I that, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's, yeah, Cassius Stanley, Kenyon Martin Jr. Like, I mean, we played really well and we got beat by, you know, 15, 16 points and we played well, you know, so it's like, I don't know if we would have beat them. So there's been yeah. some years that we've been really, really good. And we can fight and do all that kind of stuff. But there was somebody that was just a little bit better. There was a, you know, a couple of modern day teams in the, the 2000, you know, 15, 14 area too, like right around that time, 2016, yeah. 17, that they were better than us. And, um, you know, in the open division, if you're the third or fourth, maybe fifth best team, that's, that's tough to overcome. 
because those guys that are number one, two, and three, (laughs) those are special, special high school teams. Like they're really good. Like what we were talking about in the the final game, you know, there's 10 D1 players on the court. So some of those years, you know, you might not have five D1 players as the starting. They do just about every year. So it, 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 it's tough. So, I mean, it definitely made it special because like, kind of like what you said, we've, we've come close a bunch of times and we've kind of beat our head against the wall and stuff like that and come up just short or, you know, maybe weren't quite better than a team or two that was in the same division. So, so to finally get it done and overcome what we did with the loss to Harvard Westlake was, it was really cool. It was, it was, it was pretty special. Coach Josh Giles, CIF Southern Section Open Division Champions at Corona Centennial. I'll say it again for you before we get I out. I love that, man. I keep saying we, it. We appreciate your time and good luck at Section 7. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, Thank sir. you. Talk to you soon. Yeah, Thanks, we'll see coach. you. Bye. Bye. Ronnie, great stuff there from Coach yeah. Giles. We uh, we appreciate him kind of setting the record straight on, on you know, the yeah. ins and outs of the decision they made to skip the regionals and why they made it and the fact that he touched base with all the parents, all the players, all the admins. I mean, he even took it down to, you know, the district. So uh, big time stuff there from, from coach Giles. Uh, anything to add Ronnie before we sign off here? Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, again, like you said, you don't think you don't look at it. You look at all his good players. Like you said, Cedric Bearfield, Khalil Ahmad, uh, Galan, you know, Dominique Dunning, uh, Shannon Sharp, you know, we can go on Don Deontay North, even the guys had a, Guys, he's had a few years ago. You're like looking at like they never won the section final at the top division. That's just how, like he said, that's how tough it is. You know, I mean, you look at the modern day team. They were one of the best two teams in the country. Stanley senior year. You look at Chino Hills. They were the national champs. And and, and they actually beat them like like he mentioned in the regional final the year before uh, when Lonzo was a sophomore. And, and, uh, you know, it's just been that tough. There's just been a few plays here and there that can change the game. I, obviously we would probably remember some, you know, uh, go back to Rebay Academy, just a free throw here, a shot here. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Rebay Academy beats Centennial, are they the two seed? You know, it's just, that's how close these teams are. And they got, finally got over the hump. I think, I think it's kind of, we mentioned Sierra Canyon's kind of been living on a, a string, a, a thin, you know, a thin string. And it, it finally busted. I mean, even Mari scored 34 points, Devin. It's not like he had a bad game. They just didn't have, you know, the they, they Centennial shot it too well. And uh, we'll see what happens in the regional. Um, any predictions, anything you want to uh, mention? It's, it's very difficult. Um, it's going to be hard for Torrey Pines. It's not going to be easy. I, I don't know. Does the buy help them, hurt them? What do you, you know, I, I just think their section San Diego semifinal game was what, 84-59? Yeah. I just think they're going to have to play way better. I even was a little surprised, like, Nothing against Cathedral Catholic. They have good players. They beat them at the buzzer. They're going to have to play a lot better to win those two games. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. That's kind of my sentiment too, Ronnie. After Cathedral Catholic and uh, play San Marcos, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to the buzzer with Cathedral Catholic, who also, Ronnie, they're out of the, they're out of the regional. So they they were checked out. They were honestly checked out. If you think about it, they were like, this is, you know, our last game, you know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know win two games in that southern regional, whether it's Damien or St. Joseph, and then you know Sierra Canyon or Wanda or any of those teams, it's like you got to play really really well. And luckily for yeah. them, Ronnie, luckily for them, they got the pasta and breadsticks ready at the Olive Garden, baby. They're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be they're they're gonna be comfortable at their home home 
court and shooting in their home gym. Yeah. You never know what can happen, man, this late in the season. You never know what can happen. It's late. It's, it's, yeah. it's the middle of June. Yeah, it's the middle of June. And I think a college coach told us, uh, we saw him, Devin, and he said, Ronnie, uh, this team is really good early. He saw, I saw them, and, and uh, he said they defend well. You know, they shoot it. They're, they're together. They're seniors, Devin, which, may, you know, most these seniors makes a difference. There's something about this team that just they keep they just keep getting it done. I I uh I think they're I think they're the favorite Thursday regardless of who they play. Saturday if it's Sierra Canyon that that's going to be tough. That's going to be a hell of a game if they yeah. you know obviously if both teams make it. Um, I don't have no big predictions other than I'm glad they're getting an opportunity. I know obviously we didn't talk about this much, but Section Seven has a Section Seven final the following week, which would be June 25th, and and Torrey Pines is going to be there so. Torrey Pines is going to get some looks in front of colleges for their younger players. Obviously, they're mostly seniors. There's going to be 36 or so teams invited back the following week, which is still live. So some guys that miss, miss it in this regional, they're, they're going to get a shot. And obviously, the best teams that emerge this weekend at Section 7 will be back if yeah. they want to the following weekend. So we'll have a report then from then, uh, Devin. I'll, uh, you know, we'll give the shakedown. I think we could talk about the Pangos camp and some of the other things I saw then, uh, you know, give a, a report from section seven, but I think we went over this regional and obviously Josh gave us a lot of good things. Um, we saw a lot of good teams. I, King Drew versus Westchester. I saw, uh, you know, I know you saw the Chaminade and Capitol Valley saw in other games. We saw a lot of games in the Southern section, uh, open pool play. So we'll, we'll, We'll kind of break it all down. Uh, go look at uh, ballslife.com. I have the new rankings. I want to go over that real quick while we wrap it up. Uh, like I mentioned, that that um, Horizon team with Jared Dudley finished 15. Uh, this week, Torrey Pines is 23. They're 29-0. and 0. Centennial moves up. They were 46 last week, Devin. They are up 29, so that's 17 spots to number 29. And then Sierra Canyon... 15 and one, they're number 32. They were number 10. So it looks like California is going to have middle of the pack teams. Kind of, you know, those three teams will probably stay in the final rankings. It's like, like Josh said, they're good teams. Are they great teams? We'll find out. Maybe Torrey Pines has a chance to really finish out great and, and get pretty high. So we shall see. But until then, we appreciate you guys tuning in to episode number 99. I think still, I haven't checked yet, of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Life. Make sure you like, subscribe on apple podcast wherever you get your your podcast wherever you listen we are there but until the next episode of the in the paint show ronnie and devin are signing off